Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. It is great to have you aboard for another edition of State Lines. Sitting in for Kevin Berger this week, it's always good to be reunited with John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about that Bears-Steelers debacle on Monday night. The Bears with the bye this week. We got the week that will be covered for you in the National Football League from the gambler's perspective. Little college football, toilet bowl game of the week in the NFL. Oh, they're always bad, and we got another bad one this week. Plus, John and I will give you our best bets against the spread. Speaking of those best bets, last week I stay hot, Jason Gotch. We had you two and one with the best bets. Had the Giants plus three at home. They went out right against the Raiders. Had the Falcons plus five and a half. How many people have the guts to take the Atlanta Falcons? at the Saints, after the Saints the week before, beat Brady in the Bucs. Not many. I did it. And the Falcons didn't even just cover. They won outright. Did lose with the Chiefs, that late Packers touchdown in the fourth quarter. And we missed that one by simply one point. It was minus seven. Packers lost the game by six. But we'll take the two in one week. Well over 60% winners this season for Jason Gotch on the best bets. And John Spataro, as I bring you in here, Let's talk about Bears-Steelers. The Bears' offense came to life in the second half. There were some ugly penalty calls. Matt Nagy going for a 65-yard field goal that I don't think anybody thought Cairo Santos was going to hit as time expired. Long story short, Bears do cover, but they dropped the three and six on the year. Yeah, Jason, first of all, it's great to be back with you. I mean, it's been a long time since we've talked about uh, an underperforming Bears offense, uh, questioning why Matt Nagy <laughs> is still in the fold. And, you know, just just seems like everything's uh, right where we left it when we were doing the show for the last two years. So absolutely uh, an interesting game, uh, more interesting than I thought. I was pretty resigned to the fact that they were going to get blown out after Pittsburgh started, I think, scoring on their first two drives. But big ups to, to Justin Fields, man. I think that's the best he's looked all year. And, you know, that's kind of how I thought the season was going to go. Bears losing games, but Justin Fields looking, you know, like he's a, he's the real deal and kind of coming into his own. The refereeing in that game was certainly the dominating story. And uh, if you don't believe that the NFL does not want that to be the story on a Monday night nationally televised game, uh, you, you would be wrong because that is certainly not what the league wants. They want the action on the field uh, to to grab all the headlines, not the questionable taunting calls and the lack of calls on roughing the passer. But yeah, overall, you know, the, the Bears have been a, a kind of a, a weird team all year long, right? I mean, they've had some games where they barely get 100 yards of offense, and then they've had games like they did in Pittsburgh where you start to believe in Justin Fields. You start to believe in Darnell Mooney a little bit. There was an, an Allen Robinson sighting. There was a Jimmy Graham sighting. This was incredible. But all in all, it, it, it came up just a little bit short. But a much more interesting game that I, I would say from you know the onset, I thought that was going to be a blowout. So to see a little bit of fight in these Bears, to see them get a little you know agitated at some of these calls too was encouraging because for most of this season, I've been waiting for you know an explosion, just a frustration. They can't move the ball. They can't do what they want to do. Where Where is this emotion uh, from this team? And I think we're starting to see it. I'm not ready to put any Super Bowl future bets down on them. But I will tell you one thing, Jason. I had an interesting viewing experience watching uh, the Bears on Monday night. I placed one bet on that game. And it was a, a, a bet with uh, plus 1,300 odds associated with it. Cairo Santos to make four or more field goals in that game. He made two, almost made three on the last one that didn't come up uh, quite the way he wanted. Uh, but I was watching closely with that one. I thought it was a pretty good bet for the weekend. Yeah, that was a good one. You got great odds on it. You didn't necessarily win, but why not take a shot when you get odds like that? And 
John, I'll build on what you said. Look, I was screaming for Andy Dalton in the first half of that game. Not that I'm writing off Justin Fields for the rest of his career, but it just seemed like he was regressing, regressing each and every week at times. You watch him. Plus, he's getting hit. The offense is Matt Nagy's offense, so it's not good. Thought it might be good for Fields to sit and watch, but he did come to life in the second half. Let's hope he made a step forward because that's what the Bears need, even though Nagy probably, thankfully, won't be coaching him next year. But overall, it's rough for the Bears right now. Losing four in a row. They get a bye this week. And I found this interesting prop bet, John, right before the show here. And here it is. The Bears adjusted season win total. They're three and six. Remember, it's a 17-game season now, not a 16-game season. But their adjusted win total now is five and a half. Do you think they get there? That would mean the Bears to win that bet. The Bears would have to go the rest of the way. They would have to go get three more wins to get to six. And then they could only lose. They have to go basically three and five the rest of the way to get that. Do you think they can do it? Or do you think the Bears are not good enough to go, you know, three and five the rest of the way? Well, there's a couple of question marks on this schedule left for them. I think you got to pencil in, you know, the the Thanksgiving game in Detroit as a winnable game. I mean, the, the Lions have just not really shown up in any game they played this year, it, you know, even though some of them have been close. Um, I, I want to say that that's going to be a win for the Bears, right? But then the rest of the schedule, man, it's, it's really tough to find a win on this thing. The Cardinals, who are the class of the NFC, the Packers, who, you know, for all their troubles this past week are still the Green Bay Packers. The Minnesota Vikings usually do not give the Bears a lot of trouble. For whatever reason, Matt Nagy has found ways to beat them despite being uh, under-talented and, and, and underdogs in a lot of the matchups, especially in Minneapolis. Uh, but they've got two of those games left on the schedule. So if the Bears win one of those, they beat the Lions. Then I'm looking at the Seahawks and the Giants. I mean, those are two teams that have kind of bobbed up the Seahawks getting Russell Wilson back, the Giants getting Saquon Barkley back, but still having just a mess of, uh, of personnel on, on that team with Daniel Jones and, and everybody else that's kind of been in and out of the lineup with injuries. I, I think I'm going to take the over on this one, Jason. I think I just talked myself into it right there. I think the Bears are going to get the win against Detroit on Thanksgiving. I think they scratch one across between the two against Minnesota. And then, you know, if they play like they did against the Steelers, against the Giants, I think they're going to win. If they play, you know, uh, even better, then they have a chance to win in Seattle against the Seahawks. But uh, it's not out of reach. It, it may be unlikely. And obviously, if Justin Fields keeps getting buried into the ground every time he drops back, uh, this is really going to change things. But if what we saw on Monday night is going to be the new trend, I, I do think the Bears will find a way to win three more games. I want to join you on this one, John. It scares me a little bit, but I look at the Bears. Yes, I think they beat the Lions in Detroit, though. That's the Lions Super Bowl. They're on national TV. They want to avoid a winless season. They played some decent games at home, and they've lost. But I think the Bears get that one. I agree they get the Giants one on January 2nd. And remember, when you look at the Vikings, they play them on December 20th and the finale on January 9th. They get the Seahawks the day after Christmas. Those two teams might be out of playoff contention at that point. So if that's the case, they're not playing for much. So I think the Bears find a way to get to at least six victories this year. I don't see them doing what they did last year, fighting for a playoff spot, coming on strong late. They had a beneficial schedule back then. I don't see it being that beneficial this year, but I'm going to join you. I think they go over the five and a half victories. Let's take a look here, John, real quick on state lines. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gosh. Before we get to one of the games in the NFL this week, early line for the Bears-Ravens. That's a week from Sunday. Noon Central Time at Soldier Field. Again, the Bears with the bye this week. But a week from Sunday, they're plus six against the Ravens at Soldier Field, plus 220 on the money line. Ravens minus 275 on the money line. The total is 45. Any thoughts here? Of course, Baltimore in action this week. The Ravens with the Thursday night game against the Dolphins. So Baltimore's going to have a long layoff, too, coming into this one. The Bears will have the full bye. How do you see it playing out? 
Well, if the other games uh, in the AFC North are anything to go off of, they could either play like they did against the Bengals, which really looks like an impressive win week over week. I, I can't imagine how the Bears beat that team with all the offensive firepower that they have at Soldier Field early on in the season. Or they could look like they did against the Browns, which was one of the worst offensive performances in quite some time. Or they could look like they did on Monday against the Steelers. So where do you fit them in? That's where I think I'm going to lean on Vegas. I think I'm going to take the Bears with the points. And the earlier you get your bet in on this, one the more benefit I think you get because it, it could get bedded down a little bit but I'm going to take the, the the minus six I mean look at how the game ended in in Pittsburgh I I think the the Bears are you know as good of a team as anyone when Justin Fields is playing like he did on Monday night I'll say that just you know very bluntly he was I think the highest rated QBR quarterback um, in the league for the past week which is something that you know I think he probably expected but I don't think any of the experts or any of the analysts expected him to put a performance on like that and the Ravens have kind of been up and down I mean you know they got a good win against uh, the Vikings it was a close one at home uh, the loss to the Bengals the week before that kind of went on a run of you know pretty good wins with the Chiefs who are starting to slip a little bit uh, beat the Lions Broncos Colts and Chargers so there's a lot of uh, to like on Baltimore too I just think that this is undervalued because I don't think that Vegas and I don't think that the bookmakers and you know the sports betting apps here in Illinois are counting on the Bears to put together two good performances. I'm going to take a chance. I think it's going to look like it did uh, on Monday night. They keep it close. They find a way to win. And especially if Justin Fields can move the ball down the field like he did late in the game against Pittsburgh, they're going to start scoring some garbage time points, maybe get some bad beats in there just because he's got enough firepower in the arm and with his legs to make plays. And, you know, when, you, when you're down a couple scores late and you score a touchdown with 10 seconds remaining, even though you lose by four, you still cover the spread. So give me the Bears. I like the points in this situation. All right, John locking in with the Bears. I'm going the other way. I'm taking the Ravens. Look, the Ravens' defense is not what we think of normally with Baltimore. We think good defense first and then a secondary offense that complements. Not anymore. The Ravens' defense isn't very good, but their offense is real good. They're one of the top scoring teams in the NFL, one of the top yardage gain teams in the NFL with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I just think they're going to outscore the Bears and, and do it pretty comfortably. So a week from Sunday at Soldier Field, I, Jason Gotcha, I'm going to lay the six points and take the Ravens to knock off the Bears. The visitors cover that spread. We come back here on State Lines. We're going to look at the NFL week that will be this week. Plenty of good games on the docket. We're going to do our bet it or drink it segment throughout the program. College football later on. Best bets. So much more to do. So little time to do it. Back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports betting talk right after this on State Lines. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. It is great to have you aboard with us here on State Lines. He's John Spataro sitting in for Kevin Berger this week. I'm Jason Gotch. Let's look at the week that will be in the National Football League. Hard to believe that we are here already in mid-November. Let's start it off with the team, John, playing this week that beat the Bears on Monday night, the Steelers. This time, the Steelers are home against the winless Detroit Lions. Pittsburgh's minus eight. Total in the game, 42.5. Steelers minus 350 on the money line. Lions are plus 270. Uh, this is a noon kickoff, a central time at Heinz Field. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? 
Well, it's tough for me to say that, you know, I learned a whole lot about the Steelers only watching them in the one game that they played against the Bears. But I will say that I do think the Steelers did collapse in that game. I mean, they were dead to rights after uh, getting forced to punt the ball after the big sack by Cassius Marsh. We all know what happened after that, the taunting flag, they got new life. But the Bears also scored a touchdown earlier in that game that got taken off the board. So although they won by the skin of their teeth, did the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Bears should have had more points on the board. And you can argue pretty much from the midpoint of the second quarter the Bears were the better team and and kind of by a, a, a while I mean it wasn't really that close uh it, it just you know kept going the, the Steelers way to keep them into that game with mistakes by the Bears or penalties by the refs whatever you want to call it uh, I wasn't too impressed by the Steelers now if that's you know worth enough of unimpressment I should say if that's even a word if I'm unimpressed enough to recommend betting on the Lions against them? I, I don't know about that. I would probably consider a money line bet on the Detroit Lions, which are essentially curse words in the gambling industry. I understand that. But I would maybe consider throwing a little bit of money on the Detroit Lions just in case you know they play their best game of the season and the Steelers are, for whatever reason, in a funk. I know they had some guys go down late in that game. I don't know the status of Chase Claypool, their deep threat that kind of took the top off that offense. They're going to run it with Najee Harris. They're going to run it, you know, through Roethlisberger with whatever he can do. Um, you know, with his arm, and that's kind of dwindling. Those returns are dwindling. Ben didn't have a super game against the Bears. So I'm only considering in this one a little bit of money on the Detroit Lions because I like the big number, plus 275. You know, they don't get that big in the NFL. So when you see a number like that and you can explain to yourself how that might cover, um, I usually like to, to take a look at those. So I'm considering a small money line bet if I'm looking at this game on the Lions. All right, John thinking money line. I'm thinking Lions plus the eight. Look, when I looked at this game, I'm like, how can I justify taking the Lions? They're winless. They're bad on the road. Here's why. Pittsburgh off the short work week on the Monday night. The Lions had the bye last week. We've seen this in the NFL. I don't think the Lions are necessarily going to win. I'm not going that far, but I think they're going to cover the eight points here. So give me the Lions against the Steelers team that really is not that good. Let's face it, folks. I do think, I agree with John, they fell asleep in the second half of that game. They thought they had Bears beat. But Pittsburgh, they can run the ball pretty well. Roethlisberger is up there in years. Uh, give me the Lions plus the eight. John, let's move on to another game. This should be a good one uh, down in Nashville on Sunday. The Titans at home against the Saints. The Titans are minus three, minus 150 on the money line. Saints come back at plus 130 on the money line. The total here is 44 and a half. Noon kickoff. Uh, down in Nashville, the Titans are establishing themselves possibly as the class of the AFC. They spanked the Rams back uh, last Sunday night. So do you think the Titans can make it two in a row here with another impressive winner? Will the Saints find a way to win on the road? Yeah, the Titans really do have the best resume in the AFC and, and possibly in the NFL right now. I mean, they just continue to beat good teams after good teams, whereas the Saints, to me, feel like they've kind of been floating a little bit. I mean, they've gone through a, a system change after Drew Brees retired, and now you've got Taysom Hill in the conversation. you got Trevor Simeon. you got a lot of different guys coming through. Jameis Winston's out. Um, you know, different looks, different quarterbacks, different styles of quarterbacks uh, on that Saints team. But, you know, it, it all kind of comes down to, and, and it didn't hurt the, the Titans too bad in, in this past game um, against the Rams. But, you know, that loss to Derrick Henry, uh, how, how much can you get out of Adrian Peterson? How much can you get out of these backup guys? Um, is it a week-to-week -week thing? Or do they have staying power to make up for probably the biggest loss any offense is going to face this season? So if I'm looking at these two teams, I think I'm going to have to go with the Titans. I mean, they've just been uh, covering machines, and they've been winning machines lately. Uh, Rams, 
Colts, Chiefs, Bills. I mean, those are all teams with playoff hopes, and they're all teams that were pretty well handled uh, by the Titans, all things considered. So I'm going to give the Titans the nod here. The Saints just really don't interest me that much from a betting perspective. I feel like they're kind of streaky. And when you got quarterbacks coming in, quarterbacks coming out, guys getting hurt, it's just not enough for me to say uh, that one of the best teams in the NFL um, is going to pick this week, their home week uh, against the Saints, um, to slip up and and not win by a score or two in this one. I, I like the, the number much higher, maybe six or seven, closer to a full touchdown than I do minus three for the Titans. So give me Tennessee. I think they're Super Bowl bound at this point. I mean, until I see differently, um, like I mentioned with the running back situation, I think they're the team to beat. In the AFC, nobody else seems to want to claim that crown right now. So give me the Titans. I'm, I'm with Tennessee. All right, John is on the Titans. I'm the other side of this one. I'm going with the Saints. The Saints have been good on the road this year, surprisingly. Trevor Simeon's not that much of a drop-off from Jameis Winston, and the Titans are in a huge letdown spot after that very impressive win on Sunday Night Football at the L.A. Rams that a lot of people didn't see coming. So I think the Saints, Saints sneak up on them here. I don't know if they went out right, but I like them plus the field goal. Give me New Orleans in that game. The Packers are listed right now minus three and a half, minus 165 at home against the Seahawks this week, a return plus 145. Total in this game is 49, 325 kickoff at Lambeau Field. Status of Aaron Rodgers as we tape this program is not known. If he can clear COVID protocols, he will play. Otherwise, it will be Jordan Love, John Spataro. Packers, Seahawks, or maybe you're looking at a total here. Yeah, I think the total is probably going to be the most interesting play, right? I mean, how many points is Aaron Rodgers worth? Jordan Love actually looked better later into that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, it's really kind of hard to judge him on just the one game that he was thrown into. He didn't have time to prepare. You know, he obviously got a week of practice, but that's not, you know, the same environment that you're used to playing at Utah State when you get thrown into Arrowhead Stadium on prime time. I don't care who you are. You can't really be fully ready for that. So he's going to be, you know, the quarterback if Rodgers can't go, but he's going to be in Lambeau he's going to be you know at least some somewhere more comfortable and if that's the case I could you know see this one going over over 50 points I mean I don't think that the Packers are going to suddenly start scoring only uh 14 or 13 points whatever they did against uh the the Chiefs uh for the rest of the season you know I, I I'm, I'm betting on this offense to get better with love or for Rodgers to come back so with this number it it, it actually might be a little low even with you know, the unknown with Aaron Rodgers. I think that if it was Rodgers versus Russell Wilson, Wilson kind of coming back and on a on a tear, he wants to make an impact back with his team after missing a few weeks and he's ahead of schedule. I think you'd see this one higher in the 50s. Right now, um, I, I think that they're betting on Jordan Love and the uncertainty around that to, to not really feel too comfortable uh, if he does have to play. So give me the over in this game. I think the Packers are going to win one way or another. Seattle's a three and five team that's, you know, kind of just been there even when Russell Wilson was playing. I don't think they're a contender in the NFC West. Don't think they're a contender for a wild card spot either. So they're just trying to uh, stay afloat where the Packers are either going to try to figure out if Jordan Love um, can go another week or they get Rodgers back. Either of those scenarios, I think, uh, tends to lean towards the over. So give me the over in this one. All right, John Spataro here on State Lines, locked in on the over. I, Jason Gotch, I'm going to take Green Bay. Something tells me Rodgers is going to play in this game, and even if he doesn't, I think Green Bay gets the victory at home. Although with Russell Wilson returning for this game, Seattle is a lot different team than they were with Geno Smith, who did not play well filling in for him. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay the three and a half. The hook scares me. I like this a lot more at three. If you can find it at three, go get it. But I'll lay the three and a half here on the program and take the Packers. Let's do a couple Benedict drinkets here before we take a quick timeout. Of course. 
John and I got to decide, do we want to bet the proposition bet that I throw out there? We'll each make a decision on these bets. Or do we want to put that money in the beer fund? You don't want to go to the bar, watch these NFL games or the college games and be bumming money off your friends to pay the beer tab. So here we go, John. Lions quarterback Jared Goff. We talked about this game at the Steelers earlier in the show. Over under 251 and a half passing yards at Pittsburgh. Wow. Well, like I said earlier when we were discussing this game, I wasn't incredibly impressed by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the one game that I watched when they were playing the Bears. But I will say in the few games, I've watched a few more games of of Detroit Lions football than the Steelers. And I haven't been too impressed by Jared Goff either. He seems like he's, you know, capable of of making some big throws, but really as the captain of that offense, I don't see him uh, being a, a super supercharged uh, uh, quarterback option at this point in the season. I think he's more of just a, a placeholder. I think he knows he's a placeholder. The Lions are winless. There's not a lot to throw the ball up for. Uh, I do think that, like I said, this game could be pretty close, just kind of based on what I saw against the Steelers. But I think it's going to be a low-scoring close game. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be you know, a, a last-possession type game like we saw against the Bears. Um, and I don't think that Jared Goff is going to throw for more than – Justin Fields threw for, uh, which was a little bit over 250, but still head to head against these two defenses. I, I just don't think golf has it in him. So I'm going to drink it still like the, the lions on a little bit of money for the money line. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't want anything to do with this. All right. I'm going to go over on Jared Goff here. I think the lions are going to be able to put up some points in this game and move the ball a little bit. So give me the over on Jared Goff as I think the lines again, cover that eight points. And I think Goff will be one of the reasons why we come back here on state lines, more NFL talk, lots more to do right here, right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports gambling talk coming up on state lines. And now, back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We roll along here on State Lines. He is John Spataro. I am Jason Gotch. All right, let's take a look at some more NFL games for the week that will be. We will start it off in Las Vegas. This is an old school AFL rivalry dating back to the 60s. Chiefs at the Raiders. Chiefs are minus two and a half, minus 155 on the money line. The Raiders come back plus 135. Total in the game is 51 and a half. This is the Sunday night contest, 720 kickoff central time. Raiders up and down this season. A lot of turmoil with Las Vegas. Uh, The Chiefs just do not look like the team that's went to the Super Bowl the last couple of years. How does this one shake out? Yeah, I'm going to save my pick on this one because you might hear it later in the show, but I will just give you a little bit of context. I believe in Derek Carr. I believe that he is an absolute... uh, you know, underrated story in the NFL this season. I mean, he's gone through a lot, lost a coach, um, you know, for, you know, inappropriate behavior. I'm not saying it was, you know, some sort of tragedy, but what did happen with Henry Ruggs is a tragedy and that can really shake up a team. Uh, But for some reason, he's, you know, continued to, to perform at a, a high level. And I think that he's found a way to, you know, kind of block out all the, all of this nonsense that's going on around him. It's, it's really been a tough season for, you know, just the, the organization as a whole, but he hasn't faltered. And I think that he's going to perform better than Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. And I, and I think that that's a, you know, kind of a, a, a tease to what I'm going to be picking later in the show, but I'm betting on Derek Carr in this situation. I think he's a great guy. I'd like the, the messages he's been putting out in face of all this adversity that the team has faced some, you know, that that was caused by bad decisions and some that, you know, he has no control over whatsoever. 
and, and it's really just been an interesting year for the Raiders. So I'm going to take the Raiders. <laughs> I guess I'll give the pick away now. I'm going to take the Raiders in this situation. And I think that, you know, the, the Chiefs just continue to trend downward. So on top of everything that I like about Vegas, I, I, I can't say uh, really a bunch of good things about the Chiefs either right now. So give me the Raiders in this one. You'll hear this pick again in just a few minutes. All right, John locking in with the Raiders. I'm actually going the other way here. I'm going to take Kansas City. I, I don't like what I've seen out of them in recent weeks, but I think they're due to put it together, and I like that low number on the road because I think they're going to win outright. So give me the Chiefs minus the two and a half. Patriots, John, minus one and a half against the Browns this week with a very impressive win at the Bengals last week, pounded the Bengals into the ground. Patriots minus one and a half, minus 130 on the money line. Browns are plus 110 on the money line. Total 45, noon kickoff in Foxborough. Brownies are trying to roll right now. Patriots trying to get back to the playoffs. Well, I have a rooting interest in this game, Jason, and I think you were there when I made this pick because um, it was probably at the end of last season. But I have a futures bet out there for a Browns and Rams Super Bowl. And it's, uh, you know, very good odds, seeing as how I got it almost a year ago. And it's, uh, you know, hopefully going to come to fruition if – the Browns continue to play like they did against the Bengals last week. I don't know if it had anything to do with Odell Beckham not being on the sideline. I don't know if they just finally clicked into a rhythm. But the way that they just dismantled uh, their Ohio uh, buddies in the Bengals uh, just really made me believe that this offense is just waiting to be unleashed. I mean, Nick Chubb can run for uh, you know a mile uh, all over that stadium and continue to just uh, break off these long, impressive runs. And then you got the options, you know, at, at wide receiver that you know are a question mark. But I still think Baker can make some big throws to guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Jarvis Landry. And you know they've got two tight ends in the mix now that um, definitely made their presence felt in Cincinnati. I don't know as much about the Patriots. I, I can't really figure out whether Mac Jones is playing above his level when he's having good games or if he's just kind of normalizing right now because, you know, rookie quarterback, it's a tough season, uh, but I haven't really seen anything that, that suggests to me that he's going to be able to take over a game. And if you're going shot for shot with Baker Mayfield, I think I'm going to take Mayfield in that one. So give me the Browns in this one. I think that, you know, what we saw last week is going to be more of the rule than the exception from the Browns going forward. And I sure hope so because I'm rooting for them to make the Super Bowl this year. All right, John locks his bet in on the Browns and the Patriots. I'm going Pats here. I think this is a letdown spot for the Browns after that big win at the rival Bengals. Plus, John makes a very convincing case for the Browns offense, but I'm not sure if I trust them in this spot. So give me the Patriots minus the one and a half. Let's move on to the Vikings and the Chargers. This one in L.A. at SoFi Stadium, which the Chargers share with the Rams. Vikings plus two and a half, plus 120 on the money line. Chargers return minus 140. Total 53, later kickoff central time, 3.05 p.m. Chargers want to make some noise in that AFC, John, while the Vikings have had a lot of close losses this year. Yeah, that just seems to be the way that the Vikings play. It doesn't it just, you know, get down to a field goal game and they either make it or they miss it or the other team, you know, doesn't give them the ball with enough time for them to, to score the last points. This one's tough for me. Like you said, I understand, you know, coming into this game, these are two teams that, you know, probably feel like, they're a little bit underappreciated. They're, you know, they've had better years maybe than their records indicate or just the national discussion around them. I think I'm going to have to go with Justin Herbert in this one. I think he's going to outplay Kirk Cousins. And I think that's, you know, it's going to be close. 
but just where the, the number is right now, the plus two and a half is so tricky because that could just be a field goal. And this feels like a field goal game to me. Feels like the Chargers are going to win. So I'm just not going to overthink it. I think I take LA in this one. They find a way to get the best of Kirk Cousins just enough and win, you know, not unlike the Ravens did last year, 30 or last week, 34 31, something like that, 31 28. You name it. I think the Chargers cover this one, and I think it's going to be yet another close game for the Minnesota Vikings. All right. I agree with John. This is going to be close, and that's why I like the points here. So I'm going to go ahead and take Minnesota. They finally maybe break through and win a game where they're in one of these close contests, and they've lost so many this year. The Eagles plus three at the Broncos, who suddenly have come to life. They had a nice win in Dallas last week. Eagles plus 140 on the money line. Broncos return minus 160, 325 kickoff central time. Total 44 and a half here, John. Vic Fangio trying to turn things around in Denver while Jalen Hurts trying to make a name for himself in Philly. Yeah, it's really been an up-and-down season for Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's had some interesting performances, mostly running the ball, but also being a pretty good passer as well. Meanwhile, the Broncos, you know, after what they did to the Cowboys last week, I think they might be due for a letdown spot because that was just a thrashing. I mean, the Cowboys scored a couple points late to make that game close but in the first half they absolutely dominated that the Cowboys coming off of a uh, you know a, a returning Dak Prescott and a team that was you know full speed ahead charging to win their division so I think I'm going to go with the Broncos in this one you know I think the Eagles are good can score some points I think they have some interesting pieces on that offense Jalen Hurts being one of them but I just feel like Vic Fangio's got the Broncos believing. I mean, if you beat the Cowboys like that, you know, on national TV or, you know, whatever time slot they were in, I'm sure there were a lot of Cowboys fans watching thinking that that was going to be a cakewalk. And you absolutely dominate them. I have to give I have to give points to Vic Fangio and the Broncos. Maybe a little bit of an emotional pick here. I'm not trying to, you know, overextend myself too much. But I think coming back home, you know, you look at the total, I think it's projected to be a low-scoring game. And I think, you know, the Broncos are just going to find a way to make Jalen Hurts's life a, a living hell. And I think that they're going to find a way to, to win that game. So I'm going to go with the Broncos in this one, but I'm not exactly, you know, super excited about it. It just feels like they had a big win last week. Let's see if they can do it again. All right. I am on the other side of this one. I'm actually going to go with the Eagles here. I think that big win is going to be a letdown spot. And I think the Eagles find a way to cover. So give me the Eagles plus the three. A couple of better drinkets before we get to our final segment here, John. Let's go back to that Browns Patriots game. Mac Jones, quarterback for the Pats. Baker Mayfield, the quarterback for the Browns. Will they combine for over two and a half touchdown passes in the game? The yes here is plus 105. There is no no option. So either you got to bet it or you're going to drink it. You got to bet it on the yes or drink this pick. I'm going to go yes. Uh, like I said, I think the leash has been taken off this Browns offense, and I think that Baker Mayfield's going to find a way to at least throw two touchdowns. That leads, you know, just Mac Jones having to find one or Baker throwing one more uh, for this one to hit. I actually like this bet a lot. I'm going to bet this one and save my beer money. I will join John and bet the yes as well. I like the pick too. Chiefs at the Raiders, Travis Kelsey, Darren Walker combining for over 149 and a half receiving yards. Yes, plus 110. No is not an option. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like both of these guys have started to crack a little bit as these elite tight ends. I mean, Kelsey specifically has been waiting to get going, it feels like, for three weeks now. He's just not on the same page as Patrick Mahomes. Waller's been a little bit more consistent throughout the year, although I think he did have a game where he didn't score uh, a touchdown or didn't even register a catch. So it's been an up-and-down year for these guys. I'm going to continue the trend. I'm going to go under. I think teams have kind of zeroed in on these mega tight ends that would you know, be a shoe-in for 10 receptions and 100 
180 yards a couple years ago. I'm going to go under on this one. It just feels like the position's changing a little bit, and we're starting to see it in real time. All right, I'm actually going to bet this one as the yes. I think these guys are going to put some numbers on the lights of the national TV audience, so I'll bet the yes plus 110. We come back, our final segment, Toilet Bowl Game of the Week, preview a couple more games, get to our three best bets, all that and more right after this. We'll be right back on State Lines. You are listening to State Lines. We return to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Welcome back here on State Lines. Final segment, John Spataro along with me, Jason Gotch. Oh, it's that time of the week. I don't think this is a quadruple or triple flusher for the toilet bowl game of the week because the Colts are actually playing pretty well. They've actually turned it around here, but we got to pick a toilet bowl game of the week, and the Jaguars, despite that stunning win over the Bills, are still the Jaguars. So we got the Colts and Jaguars noon kickoff in Indy this week. That's our toilet bowl game of the week. The Colts are minus 10, John, minus 490 on the money line. Urban Myers Jaguars are plus 360, total 47 and a half. How you playing toilet bowl game of the week? I am going to play this one in just a few minutes. This is actually one of my picks, and I'm just going to let you know that I, uh, I I may be getting got, if that makes sense. I may be buying buying into the hype, uh, but I have a little bit of reasoning for you, uh, and and I, I think I'm going to leave that there. This is a stinker, you know, on, on paper. But these two teams play some interesting games against each other, and I'll get into that in a little bit later. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I, this is probably the best toilet bowl game of, of the year so far, and we've had some bad ones. Um, but I, I, I just – I'll save my pick for a few minutes from now. All right, sounds good. I'm going to go the Colts minus 10, another letdown spot for the Jaguars. I really think after they beat the Bills, nobody saw that coming. So give me the Colts minus the 10. The Buccaneers are minus 9, minus 400, the Washington football team who comes back plus 300, total 51, John, noon kickoff in our nation's capital. Brady and the Bucs have rolled this year. Ron Rivera's squad's been disappointing, but can they find a way to cover or maybe even stun the world? Yeah, I mean, you just remember a couple years, or uh, not a couple years ago, last season when, you know, Taylor Heineke kind of went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and uh, actually looked pretty good. And that was a home game for the Washington football team, just like this one is. So do you think that much has changed in a single year uh, or less than a single season uh, where this game's going to be much different? I, I think that the Washington football team is pretty tenacious in everything that they do offensively and defensively. They're, I don't think teams like playing them that much. It's just a question of whether or not Brady and the Bucks coming off the bye are going to be refreshed and overpower them um, to win by nine points. That's a lot for a pretty good team, I think, in the Washington football team. They're not the Jags. You know, they're not the Jets. They're not some of these teams like the Lions that you know can just go out there and, and you, you might worry about them not scoring any points. They give away games late. They hang in pretty much all game long. And for that reason, I think I'm going to take a look at the team from Washington. I can't necessarily say that, you know, betting against Tom Brady is my favorite thing to do, but coming off the bye, coming off of, you know, kind of a, 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 a supercharged year uh, on the offensive side, I think they're due for a little bit of a tougher test here against the Washington football team. And I'm going to go with them with the points, with the plus nine in this one. All right, I am going to go the other way here. I'm taking the Bucs. I just cannot touch the Washington football team this year just because they've been so bad. Plus, it's Brady on the road. I think he's going to find a way to win by, well, more than a touchdown. Give me the Bucs minus the nine. 
Rams minus three and a half here. John minus 180 at the 49ers who come back plus 155. Total 48 and a half. This is the Monday nighter this week. We know what happened to the Rams against the Titans in the Sunday nighter last week. Uh, the Niners in some trouble this year. They have not played well despite that win at the Bears. They're going to need this one if they want to stay in that playoff race. Yeah, the Niners have really been a, an, an interesting team out, out west this season. You know, they've probably not played the way that they wanted to, do, to wanted to play. They did not get a ton out of Trey Lance in the few games that he played. Now Jimmy G is back. Looked pretty good against the Bears, uh, but the Bears are not uh, the Rams. And I, I think the Rams, you know, now with Von Miller, with Matt Stafford playing the way that he's been playing, this team is definitely destined for a Super Bowl, and I'm saying that because I have them in the futures bet, like I mentioned earlier in the show. I'm going to speak it into existence that the Rams are going to find a way to best uh, Arizona at some point this year and get into the Super Bowl as the NFC champions, and I think they just roll right over the 49ers to do it. I know, you know, playing in Santa Clara, some weird stuff has happened up there over the years, but, you know, when it comes right down to it, I think that Matt Stafford, who's playing at an MVP level, no matter who plays at quarterback, for the 49ers is not going to be able to match him if it's Trey Lance or if it's Jimmy G. The Niners did get George Kittle back, which was good to see. He kind of stabilized their offense a little bit. But on Monday night, give me the Rams. I think they're going to win this one easily, uh, easily covering minus three and a half. All right, I like the Rams as well, minus three and a half here. I think they go on the road, they bounce back, and they get it done. Cowboys minus eight, minus 400, John, against the Falcons this week, who come back with plus 300, total 54 and a half, noon kickoff central time in Dallas. And again, the Cowboys have had a great year, but they lost at home to the Broncos last week. The Falcons have had a rough year, but they managed to win a game in New Orleans last week. So how does this one shake out in your opinion? Yeah, I can't get a read on Atlanta whatsoever. I mean, that team kind of looks like they go up and down all the time. Um, but I, I really think that the Cowboys are better than what they played against uh, the Broncos. I don't know what that was. I don't know if they were just kind of sleepy from daylight savings time or what, but that was not the team um, that I believed in, you know, at the first four or five games of the season. They looked like they were poised to just blow everybody out with, you know, that offense that they've put together. And the defense played pretty well too. But they started to put it together late in garbage time. I mean, I I know that you know a lot of things change when you're up by 20 or 30 points, whatever the Broncos were, but they were able to score late in that game. I think maybe Dak Prescott just needed to kind of feel his way back in to the game after missing one game with injury. Um, some interesting notes on this game. Uh, the last seven or eight times, seven of eight times that Atlanta has gone uh, to Dallas, the game has gone over. Now, I think that both of the offenses are different you know, than they have been in the previous years, uh, but I think I'm, I'm trending with this one to, to take a hard look at the over in this game I just feel like Dak's going to want to prove that he's you know the the quarterback that he's been uh, pretty much every game except for last week and I think he's going to air the ball out and I think Atlanta's going to try to keep up with him so I might take a look at the over in this one all right I am going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Falcons in this game I, I beg your part I'm sorry I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game because I think the Falcons are going to let down after that big win in New Orleans and a huge rivalry contest so give me Dallas Minus the eight points. John, it's that time of the show all the listeners have been waiting for. We're just going to give our three best bets, either side or total, for the week that will be in the National Football League. And the floor is yours. All right. I will start off with the game that I was teasing earlier. And this is our toilet bowl of the week. But I want to get through some stats first um, and just you know let you know what we're dealing with here in Jacksonville versus Indianapolis. Well, on paper, you look at these teams. They play twice a year, you know, division rivals. Indianapolis is 7-1 and one straight up in the last eight games they've played at home against the Jaguars. However, 
If you look at the Jags, although you know they're they're due for a letdown after winning a game that didn't have any touchdowns in it against the Bills, Jacksonville 10-1 and 1 against the spread in its last 12 games against the Colts. I have to believe that that continues. I just can't pass it up. I mean, it, with record like that, dating back now, what, six seasons worth of football, you know, a lot has changed from both these teams over the last six years. But, hey, if, you're, if you've won 10 and, and tied once and lost once in your last 13 games, or excuse me, last 12 games against an opponent, I'm going to go with the Jags in this one. I think they find a way to cover the spread. It's double digits. It's a little high. And, I, you know, give me give me another close game. I, I'll take another 9-6 win for the Jags or, an, or even a 9-6 loss for the Jags. As long as they don't lose by more than 10 points, I will be a happy camper. All right, John locked in with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval coming in for John with his first best bet. I'm going to go with the Saints. I like them against the Titans. I know this is maybe a controversial pick to some because the Titans are playing so well. But I think the Saints are going to come in and surprise here. Maybe even win outright, but I'd like them to cover the three in Tennessee this week. Bet number two for you, John. All right, I'm going to go for another heavy favorite in this one or a game with another heavy favorite. Uh, Carolina versus Arizona. It's unclear if Sam Darnold is going to play in this game. It doesn't look like he will be, but I would keep a close eye on that one. Uh, you know, the the Panthers uh, really can't win. They got a game with uh, McCaffrey and Darnold in last week, but now if Darnold misses some more time, it feels like that offense still won't be complete. They have a tough test on the road against the Cardinals, but more stats for you on this one. Carolina 5-0 and against the Spurs and 5-0 and straight up in their last five games against the Cardinals. Again, a lot has changed between these two teams in the last, you know, that, that could be the last 10 years. I'm not exactly sure, you know, when that dates back to. But I think that this is a letdown spot for the Cardinals. I think that it, it, you know, everything makes it look like, oh, the Cardinals, you know, are, are going to just blow right by these injured Panthers. But I think, you know, something's telling me that that trend's going to continue as well. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals uh, to not cover this game. I'm going to pick the Panthers. I think they're going to cover 10 and a half points somehow, some way. Maybe it's McCaffrey. Maybe it's Darnold if he plays. Maybe it's, you know, somebody we're not even talking about. But I'm going to go with the Panthers in this one. So I'm taking two big dogs back to back there, two 10 point dogs. Scary stuff, but I'm going to do it. We'll see what happens. Well, John, this doesn't happen on the program very often, but. You know what? When we do the best bets, even when I do it with Kevin Berger, a lot of times we have different games we're looking at, but we're looking at the same game and the same side. So I'm just going to echo what you said and say I'm taking the Panthers too, plus the 10 and a half. So it's time for your final best bet of the week. All right. I've thought long and hard about this one because I felt really good about my two long shot dogs there. Uh, but I had to kind of dig a little bit to find this, this last one. And it's going to be a game that we just talked about. Uh, it's the Philadelphia-Denver game. Here's some more stats for you. I love these you know, betting trends, these stats that you can find online. Tell me where you think I'm going with this one. Philadelphia and Denver, the total has gone over in the last five times that these teams have met, especially uh, five of the last seven times that they've met in uh, Denver. So that, you know, has a trend that maybe the, the Eagles, maybe they just have something going on where they play well in Denver. I'm actually going to go against this trend. I think that this is going to be the game that breaks it. I think we're going to see an under. Uh, I think the total right now is just at 45 points. I think, like I mentioned, when we were analyzing this game, the Broncos are going to feel like they're on the top of the world and they're going to try to win this game. I think they keep it close and they keep it low. I think I'm going under in Philadelphia versus Denver. 
All right, John locked in with his three best bets. I am going to take the Cowboys minus the eight against the Falcons as my third and final best bet of the week. That'll do it for State Lines. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Enjoy the games, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.